Stampede. Garner isn't two twelve. Recorded one seven twenty twenty four. The acorn never falls far from the tree, also applies to ambitious politicians. And before I go further, I want to make it clear, I'm not a partisan, a benefactor, a propagandist for either the Republican or Democratic parties. I just enjoy peeling away the skin of the onion that is our political process. Accordingly, if you keep looking hard enough for decades, you'll find that the onion is often rotten inside. Power has a way of corrupting. There's a saying, the sins of the father shouldn't be visited on the child. But conversely, maybe the sins of the child shouldn't be a reflection on the father. It's common knowledge that used car salesmen are among the least honest of many professional people. And no one would accuse Joe Biden, our president, and the son of a used car dealer for being dishonest. But then again, Joe has been reelected to high public office for 50 years, making one wonder. Next to used car salesmen, politicians, according to the public, have an equally low approval rating for their honesty. A father is most certainly concerned about his son's or daughter's choice of professions. So when it comes to a helping hand, a father often encourages ambition to his offspring, making sure he or she go to the right schools, get a good education, and end up a valued contributor to society. Looking at politics, the success of a long-standing politician leads to a form of nepotism, and that is in of itself something distasteful and a form of corruption. U.S. senators or congressional representatives are often involved in influencing the decision processes for people gaining lawful employment. A letter of recommendation, a well-placed telephone call here or there, or just the last name of a powerful politician can help a relative or a son or daughter to gain entry. This is especially true when one is seeking admission into a prestigious university. A son or daughter 
with the last name of a U.S. senator can go a long way to getting admitted to Yale, Princeton, or Harvard. Take, for example, the life of Hunter Biden, who is a self-proclaimed graduate from Yale Law School, a lawyer with questionable distinction, and an admitted drug addict. Normally, in court cases, a defendant's lawyer will plead leniency for his client, claiming he came from a broken home or an abused father and disadvantaged circumstances and should be forgiven severe punishment. But that's not the case of Hunter Biden, even though privilege can be a disadvantage as well. Cocaine run all around my brain Mm-hmm Mm-hmm Cocaine run all around my brain Cocaine's for horses not for men They tell me it'll kill me, but they won't say when. Cocaine run all around my brain. Yeah, baby, come here quick. This old cocaine about to make me sick. Cocaine run all around my brain. As I said, over time, if you look closely when peeling away the various layers of a political onion, you'll find the center isn't healthy. Now, I don't engage in smearing people's reputations. So let's start telling the truth. In 1988, when he was 18 years of age, Hunter Biden was arrested for possession of narcotics, but that arrest was expunged from police records. Something appears very wrong in the life of an adult who was born into a family of privilege and power, who obtains a degree from the School of Law at Yale and becomes an admitted cocaine addict. It's not uncommon for the children who come from a family of wealth admitted to the best schools, who obtain employment in a powerful corporation, but who also can't find a normal life free from drug addiction. In this country, it's safe to say people become addicted to all sorts of things, and it's a big problem. It crosses all segments of our society, both rich and poor alike. But then again, most people after graduating from law school don't immediately receive employment as a consultant at a bank holding company that is today the world's largest independent issuer of credit cards. 
and is the largest private sector employer in the state of Delaware. At the age of 26, Hunter Biden got a job as a consultant to a bank holding company, MNBA, in one of America's most profitable companies. Let's not forget, at the time, Joe Biden was the senior senator from the state of Delaware. Other interesting facts, MNBA contributed $200,000 to Joe's election campaign when he was pushing in the Senate for new legislation for a law that would benefit the credit card industry, like NBA's business. Another interesting fact, reported by the Wayback Machine, a digital search engine for documents archived from the World Wide Web that many of NBA's executives were former employees of the FBI, including Louis Free, who had been the director of the FBI from 1993 to 2001. More interesting facts. Charles Crawley, the creator of NBA's Affinity Credit Card in 1983, convinced his alma mater, Georgetown University, to allow NBA to issue credit cards branded with the university's name. That idea grew into a multi-billion dollar business. Was it a coincidence? that Joe's son, Hunter, was admitted to Georgetown undergraduate school in 1988. I can't say, but favoritism, nepotism, and even pay-to-play are at the heart of corrupt politics. Let me reiterate, I'm neither a Democrat nor a Republican, but I know this, When politicians say the business of America is business, you can be sure it's something less than ethical. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Break it down. Stop. Hammer time. Every time you see me, my hammer's just so high.
Some might say I have a lot of nerve picking on someone who falls prey from addiction to cocaine. Maybe Hunter was never loved by his father, like his brother Bo, who was going somewhere in politics. Ambition runs deep in the Biden family, and Bo, Joe's oldest son, was on a fast track in politics as an attorney general with aspirations of becoming the governor of Delaware. But that was cut short when he died of brain cancer at the age of 46 in 2015. To any parent, the loss of a child is tragic. Joe had great hopes for the Biden family achieving what had belonged to the Kennedy name in Massachusetts, but he knew Hunter was different, and maybe all along Hunter believed he'd never achieve political power like Bo. Instead, Hunter was on the money trail, and Joe could make sure that could happen. Joe's fingerprints were all over Hunter's stepping up the ladder of money. And isn't it true, money is the mother's milk of politics. Why shouldn't Joe open doors for Hunter to fill his pockets with a little extra cash? So, while working at NBA Bank Holding Company in 1998, Hunter had to quit his job. And maybe it was obvious, because his cocaine and drinking were interfering. But with Joe's and President Clinton's help to save Hunter, he got a job at the U.S. Department of Commerce. Now, when you're working as a consultant at a multi-billion dollar bank, it's a step down money-wise working at the U.S. Department of Commerce. But that didn't last long either, because a common trait with cocaine addiction is you need to keep moving before someone catches on to what you are. So, like a bolt of lightning, Hunter realized he was a natural lobbyist, and he started the law firm Oak Laker Biden and Bel Air. I don't know who Hunter was working for as a lobbyist, but he's stated there was a wall separating what his father did as a senator and what and who Hunter's clients were. Of course, the whole business of lobbying for a company involves trying to influence legislators to vote in favor of laws for a lobbyist's client. That's how they get paid. And the name of Biden could go a long way in the halls of Congress. So it's almost comical to believe what Hunter did wasn't also common knowledge to his father, the senior senator from Delaware.
as a lobbyist, things started to get complicated with Hunter. But to suffice to say, he admitted when his father became the vice president in 2009 under the Obama administration, he thought it was wise to begin ending his work as a lobbyist. It should be said Obama picked Joe Biden as his running mate, primarily because Joe, after serving in the Senate since 1973, knew where all the bodies lay in the U.S. federal government and even beyond. Joe was connected big time. He was an experienced hand in knowing how to get the job done. Obama, who served from 05 to 08, only three years as a U.S. senator from Illinois, barely knew all the tricks of the trade. So Hunter said he ended his working as a lobbyist when his father became vice president. I don't know how one registers as a lobbyist in Washington, D.C., but I'm sure there's a procedure for doing so. But before starting his retirement, Hunter's cocaine addiction started turning up in his professional life. Back in 06, Hunter was appointed by President George W. Bush to a five-year term to the Board of Directors on Amtrak. Hunter was the vice chairman on the board from 06 to 09, and it was no secret that his father was a strong advocate for Amtrak. He continued his lobbying at a breakneck speed while at Amtrak. So much so, it's difficult to know all he was involved with. One was in 2006 with his uncle, Joe's brother, James Biden. They purchased a hedge fund together, according to Wikipedia, and they dissolved the company by 2010. Another was a consultant company named Seneca Global Advisors, helping companies to expand into foreign markets. Now, I don't remember how I remember this, but finally, Hunter's cocaine problems were revealed when it became known he lied about ever being arrested for narcotics while applying for his job as a director on the board of Amtrak. In 2011, he quit his job at Amtrak, but the web of investments persisted because Hunter was making millions of dollars in various overseas deals. But something strange occurred in 2013 when Hunter, at the age of 43, with a special exemption for age limitation, joins the U.S. Navy Reserve. But this only lasted for a year when urine tests showed he had cocaine in his system and he was booted out of the Navy. Things started to get crazy after that. Hunter had his hand in million-dollar deals with overseas energy companies. But with his brother's death in 2015, Hunter's personal family life 
became bizarre. He divorced his wife and started a relationship with Bo's widowed wife, Haley. Like they say, love has no boundaries. Politics, figuratively, isn't just a blood sport. Professionally, it's literally where, if you're not careful, you could get shot. And what has been happening in this country may result in a lot of bloodletting. The Republican Party is attempting to impeach Joe Biden and they're doing it through the various financial transactions of his son, Hunter. As I said, Hunter's life became uniquely bizarre when after the death of his brother, Bo, in 2015, Hunter divorced his wife 
and began living with Bo's widowed wife, Haley. That relationship lasted from 2015 to 2019, but abruptly ended with a strange incident with a pistol Hunter had purchased in Delaware. Haley had found Hunter's gun and later confessed she deposited it in a dumpster by a supermarket, thinking Hunter was suicidal. She ended up telling Hunter what she had done, and he told her to go back and retrieve the pistol. She did so, but found the gun was no longer there. Things spun out of control. Police were called, and it was found that Hunter had lied when he purchased the gun. He was asked if he was or had been a user of illegal drugs, and Hunter said no. He had broken the law. But also, his financial condition began unraveling when the IRS brought legal action against him for not filing his taxes, and it amounted to $2 million in fines. Those two things led to Hunter facing a trial that has been postponed, but the House of Representatives, now controlled by a slim majority of Republicans, want to subpoena Hunter to ask him questions about his involvement with overseas investments and whether his father Joe was aware and compromised. Like I said, politics is a blood sport, and the Republican Party wants to tack Joe's hide up on a wall, and they may be able to do that, or with death by a thousand cuts if necessary. Republicans may not be able to impeach him, but even fellow Democrats are saying Joe's time has passed, and Since I'm in the business of making predictions, I'll say this. When Joe goes to the Democratic Convention this summer and his name is placed in nomination for a second term as the Democratic candidate for president, he won't get that nomination. A number of names will be placed into nomination and voted on to determine for the election of the presidency in November against Donald Trump. I think I know who that person will be, but like I said, I'm neither a Democrat nor a Republican, and I'm reserving judgment on that till the Democratic Convention.
This week on Garnerism, you first heard a shortcut of music composed and sung by Daryl Hall and John Oates. You make my dreams come true. Then with Dave Von Ronk singing a cut from Cocaine Blues, followed by two shortcuts from MC Hammer. First, You Can't Touch This, and then Too Legit to Quit. Next was Bruno Mars singing Young Girls, and to close, a repeat with a shortcut of You Make My Dreams Come True. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.